0: the drive, pull up jumper, it's Isaiah Thomas gives the Celtics the lead with 2.4 remaining. Pierce puts it up for the win, knocks it down, Celtics win. Here comes Powell, Powell with Smart defending, oh it's blocked by Smart, what a play. In. Tatum takes it, makes it. Welcome everybody to the Celtics Double Take Podcast. Dylan McCaffrey and James Kwan here again today. The Boston Celtics are sitting at 12 and 11, dangerously close to 500. Today we're talking about our tough West Coast road trip where we lost five out of seven games. But first things first, as always, we have our best and worst takeaways from the week. One minute apiece. James, you can go first. Do you have any good takeaways this week?
1: I mean, my only good takeaway is Jalen came back and he looked good. I mean, he's like back to form. It was just a bit of back soreness, I believe. So it's not like I was expecting to, you know, be eased back into things. But having him back is great. I think we kind of missed him, even in that Clippers win. You know, you really felt him not being there. I'm on both sides of the floor, really. So seeing him back, we got Jalen back. We got the duo. We're good. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna lie, man. And I like I said before, I don't like to harp on this guy, but my worst takeaway is Kemba yet again. Um, he's not picked up. The slack um he's not improved in any way shape or form since this disappointing first week and it's it's just been an overall unwelcome return i mean we like you said five of the last seven seven of the last 12 all losses um and that's all really predicated on kemba's return um we've had some other injuries pritchard smart uh jalen brown for a couple of games so it's not all on his shoulders and we'll go into that a little bit later but man since he's returned our team has not looked good and i don't think it's a coincidence
0: yeah, it's 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 been hard to watch Kemba. I have I have he's also I'll just get into it. He's my worst as well. Obviously, <laughs> Kemba has been hard to watch on this road trip, which we'll get into. He was 29% from the field and 28% from three over seven games. That's that's not good. Um, but aside from Kemba, I don't want to give this guy a ton of credit. But my best takeaway is Daniel Tice in terms of him shooting threes over a three-game stretch. He's nine of 13 from three. It's been, his shot form looks. I don't know if it looks different, but it looks, he's making shots. Couldn't you have have made your best Grant instead of Tice? Grant is as well looking like a knockdown shooter. Uh, He's come a long way from the Ben Simmons comparisons. He's shooting over 40% this year, but Tice, uh, he didn't really play against the Clippers, but in the three games he's played, uh, I mean, he was five of six from three against the Jazz, which we lost, but. It was nice to see from Tice. 15 points. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> right. So uh, we, we were coming in last show. We had just lost to the, to the Lakers. Uh, we had already lost to the Spurs. So that the road trip was looking a little tough to begin with. But we were looking ahead to these the Kings game. The Clippers is a big game. Suns game, I thought we'd win. Jazz game, I thought we'd win. It was a tough week. The Kings loss, first of all, was just – it's it's more of the same. It's it's a fourth quarter where we're chasing them, we're chasing them, we're chasing them, we just can't quite catch them, and they they step on our necks at the end. Tatum and Brown both scored 20-plus. Thompson had a good game. He had 10 rebounds, 17 points. Rob had eight rebounds and nine points in 19 minutes. Um, yep. The guy on their team that I was really frustrated by was Tyrese Alburn.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this guy. I mean – very this the a podcast i also listened to um on the ringer they are talking about how rookies are more poised than ever. and Tyree salburn just my god, he looks poised out there. He looks like a guy he's been playing the league for at least a few years. and against a team like the celtics or any other solid team, it doesn't seem to really phase him. Um, he doesn't seem to be like kind of shaken by the moment by any uh, means. and yeah, this was a tough one. you're right. Uh, the fourth quarter rally not you know coming short. If if Tyrese, you know, frustrated you for me, that guy's Harrison Barnes. We made this guy look like a complete player, which is just unforgivable. I yeah. can't believe that happens. Um and he killed us all night. And you know, for some reason this is a team
0: that we can't beat in the last 2 years, Sacramento Kings. That that killed me the whole time when they were talking about how like uh Harrison Barnes is the answer to our problems. Like we got to use the trade exception on him. Harrison Barnes is overpaid. We made him look like he was an all-star and he's not. Um <laughs> no. Halliburton, that little jump shot he has—it's like, oh, what is, what is he doing? Is, it, is he passing? No, although there's the, there's a the shot, it's up. Uh, it, it's it's so annoying to watch it <laughs> and, and watch it go in. He was That's five and nine against us. Yeah. Um, that like little buzzer beater tip in he had also was just very frustrating. It was just a team that wanted it more. Um, and fortunately, for sure. that was us against the Clippers, moving right into that because that was the biggest game I was Whoa, looking at. Oh, you don't want to talk four. more
1: about this Sacramento Kings game because I before before you go, you on, got? I gotta speak you got to speak my piece. I speak my piece. This Jeff Teague signing, it, this game confirmed it. Complete and utter misstep. Complete and utter misstep. And I'm not big on Ainge. We all know that. But what? Why? Okay, did you not believe in Pritchard? Because, because Ainge wants to talk about how Pritchard is this guy he, he's been looking at, he believes in, and he likes. If that's the case, you don't sign Teague. So I call BS. I don't believe it. And I think that he thought that we're going to get a lot more out of Teague. This guy is not an NBA player anymore. He, he frankly is not. He did have a little bit of a spur, you know, against the Suns. And, you know, he does show flashes of, you know, I guess the Atlanta Jeff T that we all knew well. But this guy is an anchor. And by anchor, I mean, he's sinking us. And it's not it's not in any way, like, uh, forgivable, in my opinion. We're paying this guy for no reason. We already have enough point guards on the roster. And even with Smart out, like, you think that's when he comes and fills the void. You know, you have, in this game, Pritchard out. You have Smart out. Um, Kemba's not playing to 100%. This is your time to shine. And in any way, shape, or form, he's been completely disappointed. And I know you feel the same way.
0: F.T. looks bad every game. Like, the, the Kings game it looks bad. But it's, it's every game. It's it's so hard to watch. Um, the little, like we said it a million times, he can't finish inside of the paint. He he has no yep. feel for the ball around the rim at all. And he's what is he the fourth the fifth best point guard on our team and that's like like we we went out this free agency like we almost made the finals we were like we are contenders we need pieces to contend and those pieces were tristan thompson and jeff teague tristan thompson has been about exactly what i expected like just double doubles nothing really impressive but he'll save a loose ball every now and then and i'll i'll get hyped jeff teague (laughs) has been like the lowest end of what my expectations were, which is just like a guy that's going to be out of the league in a year or two, which is really no a hundred percent.
1: In in a year, if not this year, um, I, I don't I don't understand it. I had to get that out before we moved on to, to the Clippers no, it's, game. It, it's and, fair. and I and I also have to mention we made the comparison, you know, last week about smart being this guy that you don't know how valuable he is until he's out. Um we talked about that it's like the CVS that moves. It's like you don't know how valuable it is until it's gone this is just another game that solidified that um, Darren Fox had a great game and we need smart to, to guard yeah. guys like this. And we see, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but in the jazz game as well, we really miss that guy. Like we can throw at the opposing star guard and they have a little bit of trouble. There was, it was just an open line for Darren Fox all night. Um, and I, I need to get those points out. Need smart. Don't need Teague. Uh, it's been a complete mismanagement of our backcourt this year, in my opinion. So
0: the reason I rushed so far into the Clippers game so quickly was because we, we got the win. I was, like, that was the game I was, I was most hyped for was the Clippers game. But that was a weird game. We go in with uh, no Brown. We have Tatum and Kemba. Watching Tatum and Kemba made me like yearn for the days when we didn't have Kemba and didn't have Tatum. And it was just Brown out there because he was put on a show and he we, we sorely yeah. missed him. But in the Clippers game, my guy, Carson Edwards, went off. 16 points, five of eight from the field. Like, I, like I, I'll, I'll put him above Jeff Teague from now on and forever, even though like that's, that's, that's the kind of the hard thing about Carson is that he's six foot one or whatever, but he's a shooting guard. And Jeff Teague, like for whatever you'll say about him is a point guard. Cause he definitely can't score. And so when Kemba's out and smart is out, and you need someone to just run the offense. Maybe it does make more sense to throw Teague or someone else in there, but I'm, I want to watch Carson play because him and Pritchard, I'm way more excited about and motivated to watch succeed than trying to watch more of Jeff Teague. Um, yeah, no, of course. Do you trust Carson to like go out there and run the point for extended minutes? Because I feel like it's not going to happen really. We have so many point guards. Like no, yeah,
1: I was I was going to say, I trust that the Carson-Pritchard duo, in my opinion, is, is not only better than Teague. Uh, I mean, both of those players getting more minutes than Teague is a welcome idea in my book. In my opinion, as of right now, it beats the occasional good Kemba game. I would take that duo over starting Kemba, who's clearly not healthy. No one can tell me otherwise. And then have him have a good game one out of every eight games. It just doesn't make any sense. Carson and Pritchard, when they're getting consistent minutes, are being in some way productive. And listen, if you're going to use Carson this way, if you're going to start him, um, which they eventually do, and they give him like 17 minutes, listen when he gets the real opportunity, if you want to bring him the second unit, so be it, but make him the centerpiece, make him the primary ball handler. He's more of a point guard than Jeff Teague is. As if Teague can pass or facilitate, Carson is at least a playmaker. I believe that in, in him to go out there, create a spark off the bench, or to find a role within other quality players um, that is conducive to us winning basketball games. I, I trust him a lot more than, than Teague. I trust him a lot more than Kemba right now. I trust... Honestly, him and Pritchard, I don't see why we don't hand over the reins, at least until Kemba's completely healthy.
0: Carson is a playmaker, and I think that the better he gets at making the guys around him better will be like the only like what gives him minutes because he's already proven to me that like if you give him 10 shots, he'll like he'll put up some points. Like he can be a guy yeah. that you give the ball to. But we have five point guards and they all seem to underperform like at the same time. So if Carson can become a facilitator and create those shots, then I really hope that he gets to succeed this year, especially with the opportunity that Kemba is giving him. Kemba in the Clippers game was his best game of the road trip. He was 9 of 19. He had 24 points, only 2 of 7 from 3. And I'm I'm pretty sure I remember down the stretch, like one of the last possessions, he had like a, a very important pivotal shot yeah. that he hit. So, you know, that, that was encouraging seeing that from Kemba. He's still not like... When we went out there with him and Tatum, and I, I wasn't confident that he was going to be a secondary scorer for us, but he went out there and did the job. It was his best yeah. game of the trip, though. And it it was great. The,
1: well, here's the most frustrating thing about Kemba minutes lately: when Kemba's on the floor, Tatum's usually on the floor. So when Kemba, when Kemba takes and misses a three, that's a three that Tatum could have taken. If you want to bring Kemba off the in, in the second unit while he gets healthy, then I don't mind him taking shots over guys like Grant Williams but I do mind him taking shots over guys like Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. And, but I, I, you know, in the same time, this is what happens when he doesn't play like complete garbage. Um, The Clippers didn't have Paul George. We didn't have Jalen Brown. You could say that cancels out and we beat them. We beat them fair and square. And this is what happens if you can kind of rely on him to be in some way, a factor in a game. It's kind of another piece of evidence of how this whole entire collapse in the last 10 games is due to his underperformance. Cause when he is up to standard in some way, then we're, we're beating teams like the Clippers on, on relative even ground. This is not a game last year that we would say is a great Kemba game. Like if Kemba had this game last year, it's be another game. And that's why we're winning more basketball games. So if he's going to continue to be like this, that's why I bring in the idea of Carson and Pritchard, at least till that knee is completely figured out. I mean, I'm going to, I'm not going to let it rest. Like, dude, do you think he's healthy? Do you think Kemba's healthy right now?
0: So I have something really discouraging to share, which is a post game interview <laughs> that he had, like, I think it was against the sons. Um, Kemba said, I'm healthy. I'm completely healthy. It's all mental, which is a bad sign. That because, is a bad sign. I mean, it, it's a good sign. And if it, if he wasn't healthy, it's like, okay, come on, man, it's been like a year. Like, how are you? Like, is your knee like done forever? So it sounds like he is healthy, he is like in shape, which is good, but he's shooting 29% on this road trip. He he took 96 shots. So he's basically shot 100 shots, made 29 of them. Not good. 28% from 3. So it's not even like he only was making shots in the paint. Like he he's not making anything. And the fact that it's mental like you the pressure isn't all on Kemba. Like I know he I know he feels pressure on himself because he expects a lot of himself but he's taking the third most shots. He has to just like make plays, like create opportunities for us and it's just really it's really hard to see there's no fans in the stadium and he's he's struggling. No, he is and listen, it, every player has a slump, right? Even the best
1: shooters. Um but the difference between other players having a slump and Kemba having a slump is that other players can play defense. And Kemba, we saw in this Clippers game, it seemed like every time the Clippers score is off the the Kemba rotation. It it was off them. Kemba's man beating him and then play ensues. Kemba's man beats him, play ensues. This cycle, this is why I said, this is all, people think, and if they hear this, they might just say, I'm just trying to tear this guy down. But I saw it last year, how if this guy has a bad game, it's a dual effect of just like, his defense has never been good. If his shooting isn't good, it brings down your whole entire team's fuel percentage. And at the same time, the whole perk of having you out there in the first place, and while you make up for your defensive liabilities, is that you can score the ball. It's not even that Kemba was the ultimate distributor either. Um, he's not like this guy, he's not like a a Luca or even like a um, I don't know, he's not the kind of guy you can you can just give the ball and he creates a play, right? He's he's a primary scorer, and if that's not there, then he's just a defensive liability and a guy who can't shoot. So it's like, it's like, think about Tony Allen back in the day, but he can't play defense. That that guy wouldn't be in the league. And we're giving not at the same time, we're giving this guy $36 million. So in my opinion, the pressure is on him. It it hundred percent is on him because the whole team's looking at him like, what the hell? And whether or not they want to admit it, or they say that in a conference that we're all looking at Kemba and and wanting more, it's the fact and everyone on that team is wondering what the hell is going on with him. So yeah, if it's if it's mental, it's something he's got to kick,
0: right? I mean, yeah. until Pritchard takes a spot. After going nine of nineteen against the Clippers, he was four of twenty against the Suns and two of twelve against the Jazz. We remember that Lakers game where he made one shot the whole night. It's yeah. he, he. We've lost five out of seven games, and four of them arguably you can attribute directly to Kemba because he's taking one-tenth of our shots and making 20% of them. So,
1: yeah, I mean, you can contribute these losses. The only game you cannot, the Clippers win is the only loss you can, it's not, it's the only game you cannot blame him on. And it was well, a win. I didn't, he didn't like, play against loss, the Kings. It's, it just seems like that this whole entire, this whole entire mess that happens in the last 10 games, let's let, injuries, COVID, there's been a lot of things that have gone in our way. But if you're it's just what team can sustain their supposedly second best player, at least at least their best player, just completely going off the deep end. It's hard to imagine any team like that just doing well, like if the Clippers were going to the season and Paul George just was shooting 20 percent every game, how could they recover from that? And we're expecting us to be able to recover from that. And we're just not
0: we're just not uh, supernatural like. This is just going to be what happens. So Kemba was supposed to be the reinforcements. Like we were thinking about the season before and after Kemba's going to show up. There was a lot of holes in the team before Kemba shows up. We kept saying when he shows up, he's going to make a lot of our like weaknesses and problems just not disappear, but won't be noticeable because Kemba is putting up points. We're winning games, but him struggling has continued to let our problems shine out. And I like, we need, a good big man to go anywhere because we're still getting killed every game. The Suns game was one thing, but Rudy Gobert embarrassed us. Like yeah. if Shaq hates Rudy Gobert, Shaq needed to watch that jazz game because we have Tice and Semi and Grant and Tatum all on the floor, and we still can't get anything inside. We can't get a board. And it's hurts when you had to play three big men to just try and get a rebound because this one guy is an Eiffel Tower that you can't get past.
1: Yeah. You mentioned Tice's game against the jazz and how he was your high of the week. We've talked about this every time that it seems like every time that Tice scores more than 12 points, the other center either completely obliterates him or out rebounds. And in this case, it was true. Tice gets the out rebounded by Gobert This guy, uh, this game three times over Gobert literally grabbed three times the amount of rebounds as Tice did. And that's the kind of game that you're going to get from Tice. And that's why I'm not a fan of him is that he's not what we need. And you can, you can go down the line. We are a team that have so many inept players. I, I, in terms of at least having a playoff team, Having I feel like we have the most inept players of, of any playoff team. Like seriously, Tremont Waters, Jeff Teague, Neesmith, Tice on any given night. These are all guys that are completely expendable and that we could find replacements for quite easily. I don't know if Danny Ainge sees something in these guys, but it's poor management. It, it frankly is. But the actual game, let's go to the actual Phoenix game because... I want to give some credit. I mean, Macau Bridges, this guy is a very young player. He can ball Cam Johnson starting to come into his own. It wasn't just Booker. You know, it, this is a good it was team. A, it was
0: balanced attack from them for sure. It was,
1: it was. And I want to, you know, credit on them. I think that they did a lot of what we did last year of not really caring who goes off that night, but having a lot of capable scores. Um, in my opinion, the biggest gripe I have on the coaching side, you start, you start Carson after his good game. with the Clippers. Awesome news. You give him 17 minutes and like three shots. This is not the kind of player Carson is. If you're gonna do this to him, might as well bring him off the bench so that he could have a little bit more of a priority. This is like, like you, I want you to talk about this because he's your guy. This is a complete I mismanagement.
0: I kept waiting for him to check back in. I don't think he played in like the second half really at all. Um, because Pritchard came back that game too. Pritchard had 12 points on four of nine, like Kemba had a bad game that night and we're struggling to find something to go in. Jalen Brown is not there. And you have a guy that just gave you great minutes. Carson Edwards, you just started him and you're not going to let him put some shots up. It's like, it's like Scal says, if he hits his first shot, he's a flamethrower. Oh my gosh, Carson Edwards, he hit his first shot tonight. And we, we didn't care to play him much, uh, much past that. And I don't get it. I don't get it. No yeah it wasn't it wasn't just Booker it wasn't just Chris Paul the Suns were deeper than us every team the, the Kings the Clippers the Jazz they're all deeper than us and it's so sad to say that as a Celtics fan for a team that was once so deep now we're we're, we're the most shallow team of all the contenders like we are beyond we our are. two best players are like take if you take out Brown and Tatum we might be a the worst team in the league we might be the, a bottom 3 team well well here's the thing Pritchard in
1: my opinion is a guy that if he doesn't get that knee injury, like he's already starting. Um, that was the course he was on. And I think that's the course he's going to take going forward. Carson, we, neither of us have um, given up on him. You know, this is a guy that could be at worst, a great bench scorer. A guy, in my opinion, can develop into like a Lou Williams type. That, that's the vision I have for him. Grant Williams is a great defender. Now he's starting to shoot. A three. We have some players, but like I said, we have almost the most inept players as well. We have like five guys who just can't play basketball. So yeah, in that way, we're, we're not deep by, by any means. And I, being the most shallow playoff team, I think that's a title that we definitely deserve so far. Um, I mean, yeah, another game they can blame on Kemba as well. Four for twenty. That's fitting because he looked high out there. And it, it's it's kind of like this is what we're figuring out. All right, if 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 a team doesn't look deep, like what can you do to fix that and make it more deep by developing the guys you have? It's going to be Carson. It's going to be Pritchard. That's kind of the end of that story. And that's again, we see that with the Jazz game. If we want to look forward to that, another bad Kemba game. Another you know game in which Carson and Pritchard might you know sh- should maybe get more minutes. Does Brad get the pass here? Like like what what do you what's your thoughts on like how we have managed minutes, how we evaluate our
0: players? I don't know if it goes all the way up to age, but I think you first look at Brad, right? I don't know if it was the. Sp- Spurs, Warriors or Kings game, but there was one of those games on the trip where we had played our entire roster by the second quarter. I had no idea what was going on that night. I don't know what Brad does with these rotations wanting (laughs) to get guys involved, but it seems like we might've seen the last of Naismith for the year. Our lottery pick is nowhere to be found anymore. I think that we've kind of confirmed that he's a project for years to come. Um, I thought Romeo would be back by now. They said a. They said like. I forgot that he even exists. I from forgot. September, which I think is when he had the surgery. They said like about five months, and I'm no great at math, but I feel like it's been about five months, <laughs> and he doesn't even have a timetable to return. So I'm kind of giving up on Romeo. Not for as a whole, because I like he he's shown me some signs of things a couple times, but it's so frustrating to be sitting where we are, and there's still just no sign of Romeo anywhere. Pray yeah, that he I can. Mean, come in and help us and beyond that like as much as i want to hate on brad like he throws out a lineup that goes something like i don't know teague tatum grant semi tice and i'm like why is this rotation out there and i look at the bench and i'm like well i guess we can bring in the starters or carson edwards there's not really a lot to work with like he needs to like tatum and brown obviously need to play all the minutes and I, I like having a more shallow rotation, like an eight or nine man rotation, um, I think is more suitable for us, but you're, you, you look to the bench for help and you're not really going to find much.
1: This is the thing though.
0: Why, if, if
1: Kemba is struggling, if you have some injuries in the backcourt, this is an opportunity where every other team in the league, I feel like would give a guy like Carson 30 minutes. Cause they're like, we have nothing to lose. We have so many injuries Let's see what we got in this guy. The Listen, Brad and Ainge, they're good at what they do. We've been blessed with a with an above-average coach for quite some time now. We've been blessed with an above-average executive for quite some time now. But eventually, you can't get lost in that. You have to keep them honest. And if we're seeing the facts for what they are, let's go down the line for, for Mr. Danny Ainge, for how he's managed this team. Trayma Waters, Teague, Romeo Langford, Naismith. Like, what are we doing? What what is this? Yeah, you can't blame Brad because he's working. He's working. He's trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. And at the same time, he's not giving the right guys amount of minutes. So, like, we have to hold these guys accountable and say, all right, if Pritchard's healthy and you're bringing him back because he's healthy, then he needs to get more than 25 minutes a game. I don't care who's getting paid the most. I don't care that we just pay Teague. It doesn't make any sense to have him out. Are we trying to win games or not? Are we trying to protect the legacy of, of your executive? Like it's it's foolishness, it, it is what it is. And like, you know, we're paying Kim a lot of money, but would it kill him? Would it kill him if we eased him back into it? Maybe not give him the most minutes. Like, seriously, like I just don't know where Brad's head is at when he puts out a lineup that is not meant to succeed. Just play eight guys, play nine guys. You're injured. It's fine. Naismith can't play basketball. Just accept it. It's it's over. It's like a guy who who can't get over a fucking breakup. It's like, he's like, no, like, you know, I'll hit her like next week. It's like, no, it's over. He can't play. It's done. All right. Close the book. Romeo, he's never coming back. Just, just close the book. <laughs> Package them all in a trade. Ship them off for cash considerations at this point. But they don't have the balls to do it. And it, it, that's what it boils down
0: to. That is that's what it boils down to. I want to talk about having the balls for a second because as a Celtics fan for the last decade, every like two weeks, there's some trade rumor that like we're going to get a star. We're going to get someone awesome and we never do it. And then there's lower tier trade rumors of like, we're going to get someone average. We're going to get someone suitable and we never do it. Danny Ames doesn't make trades unless they're like the perfect chef's kiss blockbuster he robbed them why couldn't we trade jeff teague and a second round pick for derrick rose not that he'd fit perfectly but go get someone good like go find someone there's got to be opportunities i don't believe that all of free agency you just couldn't find someone demarcus cousins or christian wood or i don't know like i'm not a gm but can we find somebody for this god-awful team
1: (laughs) (laughs) no for real it's it's true and this is what i mean you look at, you You say like, oh, I'm a Celtics fan. I'm privileged to have a great coach and a great executive. But you again, you got to look at what's happening. Like we, we could have made a million moves this offseason. Christian Wood, the price that ended up being paid for him, we could have afforded. And he's exactly what we need. And you're completely right. He doesn't make a big trade unless he feels like he's screwing someone over. I don't need him to screw someone over. I really don't. We just need to get rid of the stuff in the attic.
0: Cause we got oh, too much G- Gordon Hayward for miles Turner and Doug McDermott. No, I also want Oladipo and TJ Warren. It's, it's so it's frustrating. Crazy.
1: It, it's crazy. And, and then like on that half of it, it's like, all right, then you look to Brad and you say, Oh, he's not working with enough. I just disagree. I just disagree. I, we both see things in Carson and Pritchard that I think a lot of NBA fans like just in the world, like my because and I'll watch a Celtics every game. So you might get roasted for saying that just in a normal random sports bar in America. But if you talk to people who watch the Celtics every day, every game, like you see that it's not like, especially when Kemba was out, we thought we're the, we're the most shallow team. And then all of a sudden we're like, Oh, we're actually so deep. Like that big win against the wizards. We're like, man, we're so deep. Like we have so many guys who can play. Like that's the truth of the team. The truth of the team is that we have some uncut gems and it's, it's up to Brad to say, listen, Danny, I don't care if this makes you look bad. I'm not playing Jeff Teague, which I think he might've did in that jazz game. Teague only played three minutes and like, that's the correct amount of minutes for Jeff Teague. Yep. And maybe they wake up and that, that, that's what it is. But let's, this roster is predicated on uh, Danny Ainge's like just nothing pickups. And then a Kemba pickup that was supposed to be this big thing. And now is our biggest Gripe, really, is, is our biggest thing that's holding us back. So I'm going to say it. This guy's not done a good job. This, is, this guy's not done a good job.
0: I want I want to bitch about Danny Ainge for just one more minute. <laughs> and it's that we, we made the Nets trade. We got all those picks. And th- things for a while were looking great. The reason we had so many offers coming in, we were in all the trade rumors about superstars, is because we had the pieces to make those trades. Instead of trading the third pick for Jimmy Butler, we draft Jalen Brown, we draft Jason Tatum. These are good moves. We're happy about these. We turned Isaiah Thomas and Colin Sexton into Kyrie Irving, which at the time was a good move. The Sexton pick could have been really useful for us if we had kept it, but we didn't. Um, The picks we had from the Grizzlies and Kings we thought would be top five picks. So we kept them. They turned out to be late lottery picks. Those turned into Romeo and Naismith and that isn't working out very well. So these picks that we held on to these assets, we held on to some of them hit, Some of them did not. The end of the line was we had Gordon Hayward. We had, he was going to leave. We could still become a contender. We missed out on getting a trade for him. And now we have the trade exception. This giant pile of assets and players we had to make great trades has dwindled down into a trade exception that we can't trade the trade exception for something. We can just make a trade and allow someone to enter our team. So the stockpile really is gone. And if this trade exception, if we don't use it before the trade deadline to get a player that makes this a contender, then Danny Ainge has failed in making the Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum duo into a contender this early in their career. It might take two or three years to to build us up to being ready to compete for the finals. If we don't get someone that's going to help us because our should window be last year, our window if, if, against the heat was all we had.
1: If he doesn't make a big move with his trade exception, should he be fired? Is that, I can't is say that, he
0: should be fired because we've gone to the playoffs so many years, conference finals so many years, but it's hard to keep watching. It's, I, I think that we're, we're a ways away from him being fired, but I think that he, what he, his window is Tatum and Brown's prime. If we leave Tatum and Brown's prime true. and we aren't multi-time champions, then he's failed with them. But yeah. hundred percent. Obviously, you know, they're 22 and 23. So
1: yeah, we have some time, but before we go forward, why don't we just quickly just go upon I because you mentioned a trade exception and we've talked about some trades in, in the past week. Who do you want? What's it got? You're looking
0: around the league. Like what who, who's your pick? What makes the most sense to you? I actually was looking just before we started and I saw Harrison Barnes up there. I think that he's a good piece for us, but overpaid, which if we have mm-hmm. to pay him, we have to pay him. But I do think he's overpaid. Um, Andre Drummond is worth 28 million, and they just got Jared Allen. Andre Drummond's contract is not extremely friendly, but he would be a good fit for us. And there's a lot of guys that are worth like 10 or 14 million that would have an impact in the way that like Teague was supposed to. Like they might just like there's just some pieces we can pick up. Um, but you mentioned Kristaps Porzingis, and I won't I I don't hate that. Looking at the other options that are there because he's making around what we need him to make. Porzingis was traded for Dennis Smith Jr and DeAndre Jordan. Har- yeah. Which is not and- a high price. And <laughs> then he got hurt again. And now he's not playing that well. So you'd think in theory, we could do something that could get us him without giving up Brown, Tatum, or Smart. And if we could yeah. do that, that be I- I'd be happy with that. That'd be cool.
1: Yeah. So the trade I brought up was a Kemba for Kristaps. I believe it was Kemba and Tice for Kristaps. And I know people might, before before you tear me apart, just hear me out. Kemba is kind of the the point guard version of Chris Stops. Like one dominant season, one season where they were borderline MVP candidate, a bunch of other great seasons where they were very promising and were good players, um, all-star caliber players. And then a lot of injuries and a lot of recently, a lot of inconsistency and if, if you think, if you look at their contracts, they're pretty comparable and it's not the, you know, the biggest cap hit to us if we get rid of Kemba. And I think that the Mavs need a more of a star point guard score that can work with Doncic more than they need a usually injured big man who is kind of versatile when he's healthy. And I think that's what we need. I don't think we need Kemba. I think we need some guy who can come in. And even if it's half of the games, even if it's, you know, like, let's say two thirds of the games at best you place, Chris stops with what we have would be really good. It'd be really good. And when, when he, if he's healthy, it'd be good. And if not, it'd be better than what Kemba and Tice have to offer to us right now. That's why I say it's a possibility. Now, it's not my first pick. Um, and I've been talking about Drummond for a while. I just think that this is the guy we need. I just do the the guy is a 20 is like a 10 and 20 kind of guy. You can grab 20 rebounds on any given night. Think about how amazing that would be. If one of our centers grab 20 rebounds in one night, we're not losing. We're not losing. If we get 10 more shots to Kemba and um, sorry to to Tatum or Brown on any given night, we're winning the game uh, on most occasions. And he's not a guy who demands the ball. And the fact that he's had this like bad attitude rep, he's playing for the Pistons, he's playing for the Cavs, he's not going to have the best attitude. You bring him into a great organization, he's surrounded with good players, I'm sure he's going to cheer up. Like I just don't see what the, the the cons are. The money hit, I mean, we have the trade exception and we have ways to work. Listen, we've had a worse payroll than we do now. Um, We've had a more stacked payroll than we do now. So we'll figure it out. I just think he's the player we need. And I think that the fact that we don't bring him on it's, just, it's on the fact that Danny Ainge doesn't want to make a move for an expensive player. That's it. It's what a boy's down to. He's the perfect fit. He's what we need. He's physical. He's a UConn guy. I, I don't see where we go wrong here.
0: I think that also Drummond could be got for cheap because, again, they do not need Andre Drummond. They just no. got Jared Allen. They also have JaVale McGee. Um, he has a big contract that's not necessarily attractive to a young team that has a lot of young pieces they are going to have to get re-signed. So... They don't need him, and we have the tools to potentially acquire him. We have the cap space for him, and we would make Andre Drummond much better. That's just what happens on the Celtics where we make Tice and Ennis Cantor take us to the conference finals against guys like Embiid. If we had Andre Drummond, he would be the perfect version of Andre Drummond. Absolutely, if Brad's coaching him. We would be instantly – just the the amount of better – we would be with a center
1: like Andre Drummond instead of what we got. It's just worth the money. It's worth the money, Danny. Just do it. Just do it. Stop being a little bitch. Just make a move. That's that's all I have to say for him. But let's look forward to these next games because yeah, honestly, we, we, we
0: have an opportunity here to to kind of get back on track with some of these opponents. Thank God the West coast trip is over because the West coast teams are better. And because I need some damn sleep in my life. So sick of watching games till <laughs> one in the morning to watch us lose. Um, the Raptors finally climbed back into the playoffs. I think they're either the seven or eighth seed now. So the Raptors are on their way back up. I still think that we've had our number for a while. So I- I'm looking yep. for us to bounce back against the Raptors. Yep. Sam. I think um, we're good there. Pistons game. We lost to the Pistons earlier this year and, and then got a win from them. Uh, they have since traded away Derek Rose. So, again, another game I'm confident. I'm hoping we can grab a win there. The Nuggets are good. The Nuggets are a team that we've had some good games against uh, in the last year or two. Fun to watch. I was at a game last year. We blew them out. That was like the Tatum like sidestep at half court to buzzer beater. So, it's going to be a fun game. I like watching the Nuggets, but that's a good team and could be a loss, but... A fun game, nonetheless. And the Hawks, we play on Wednesday and on Friday, and they match up kind of well against us because they got Capella and they got Rondo, and sure, they're yeah. they, they, they they're a lot deeper than us. Um, but again, the Hawks are like bottom of the they're they, if the Hawks and Raptors of the seven and eight seed. I forget if they flipped or not, but yeah. I I think these are all winnable games. Hopefully, we can go three out of four at least. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that the the Nuggets are a team that we can hold Jogic
1: to under. 35 points i think that's a team that otherwise match up pretty well against i don't see michael porter jr having a good game against Jalen brown and jason tatum um i don't know what the timetable exactly is on smarts return or pritchard just being 100 but i think going forward we're just going to match up better against these backcourt um threats you know I, i think that like health we have a lot of complaints man and we i'm glad we got it all out tonight but at the end of the day Injuries have been the biggest reason why we're not winning more games. So I take that with a grain of salt. I say that going forward, like teams like the Hawks and stuff, we're going to be able to take care of Hanley. So I I, I think it's going to be week we bounce back. Let's not forget, we played some really good teams um, this past week. The, the Jazz and the Clippers are both really great. The, the Suns are still kind of figuring themselves out, but have a lot of great players. And yeah, the Kings,
0: we just can't beat the Kings. Uh, there's really nothing I can say about that. We fall into 12 and 11. Hopefully this is the closest to 500 that we ever fall this season on the brighter side. If you want to look at the bright side, the nets are also losing games. They're the worst defensive team in NBA history so far. So take that, you know, got to look on the bright side a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's all I got today. Tough week, but I'm glad that we get a little <laughs> this more a sleep. It was, yeah, was a huge therapy. session. we're coming off a week of losses yep. and no sleep. Now we're going to get to go to bed nice and early and hopefully enjoy some wins. Um, So yeah, that's going to do us for us this week on Double Take Celtics. You can subscribe on iTunes at Celtics Double Take or go find Double Take on YouTube. Extra credit, go follow the Double Take Show on Instagram. James, any last words?
1: Hey, man, the Miami Heat did not look too different last year than we look now. I am not worried. Do not abandon ship. It's going straight to the homeland.
0: Burn the boats, baby. Love it. That's all I got to say. Go Celtics. (laughs) We'll see you next week.